0: I'm going to have to slow it down a little bit, but I'm going to get this done no matter what with all my stuff on. I'm not taking off my pack. I'm, not, I'm leaving everything on. I'm going to get this done. And that's where I had to click into that higher mindset.
1: What's up, my brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Fireground Fitness Podcast, where here we talk about all things pertaining to life on and off the fireground. Admin note, the ideas, the thoughts are mine and those of the guests today episode twenty three we 're sitting down with a brother named Eli Rivera. Eli uh, happens to be a david goggins look alike which is shocking when you first see him. However, uh, not only does he uh, have a bit of a look that 's similar to his, but he is also uh, shares some of his philosophy and attitude when it comes to uh, preparation for life and for the job so we chatted a little bit about that, shared some of our thoughts and ideas. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Give it a listen. Eli. Yes. Hey, brother. Uh, so, um, thank you for coming and sitting down with me and taking time out of your day to, to sit and chat about some firefighting philosophies, etc. But before we get too, uh, too deep into that, tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Eli Rivera, born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. As we know, not too many of us natives, um, families from Puerto Rico. My uh, my dad basically came out here and uh, asked my mom if she wants to join him or not, and uh, she decided to come down.
1: Nice. So both of your parents are from Puerto Rico? Yeah.
0: Right now. Yep, yep. We have uh, half of our families out there. My dad has a big family, like uh, five brothers and sisters, so half out there, half out here. Grew up going back and forth summers, get away for a little bit. Nice. Interesting enough... Uh, you still get down there? Yeah, yeah. I took my kids and wife three years ago, four years ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, They want to go back. They want to stay there. You still have a bunch of family down there? Yeah, half of oh, nice. our family's out there. Nice. So, interestingly enough, uh, our first language was Spanish. Mine was. Yeah. So, five years of Spanish, I knew English, basically. My parents didn't speak it here or there conversationally for work. So, schooling was a little struggle initially because of that. And uh, throughout uh, elementary school... I had an ESL program, which was English second language, stuff like that. So, And look at you now. Yeah, yeah, definitely a little better. Still working <laughs> on it every day. Yeah,
1: aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so how long have you been on job, man?
0: It's been uh, 17 years with reserve time. So I started in June of '02, and I got reserve jobs up at Buckeye Fire Department and Mayor Fire Department, Fire District. Oh, nice. How long were yeah. you up there? Uh, year and a year m- and a half, just before I got hired full-time with uh, Buckeye Fire.
1: Oh, okay. So how long have you been full-time with Buckeye Fire?
0: Full-time October '03. So that puts me at 16 years, just past 16 years. Nice. Yeah.
1: And uh, how long have you been a company officer?
0: Company officer since 09. Oh, right now. Yeah. So 10 years, going on 10 years Uh, next week. 11, right 28. So you pr- promoted pretty quickly in your career.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's great, man. The uh, reason I wanted to sit down with you, is um is to talk about and this is probably this probably contributes to your uh to your fast ascension in the fire service right your your gathering of rank and it th- is your passion for getting after it right your passion for fitness and for putting in the work so I wanted to talk about like that's something that's really important to me as well I think about the um we touched on this before we hit the button but I want to say it again the we talk about knowledge, skills, and abilities, mm-hmm. right? And our ability to to be effective uh, on the fire ground or on an EMS call or wherever is predicated upon our skill sets. And so, you know, we're put in this work to, to be better at what we do. And um, our, our work capacity has to be beyond reproach, right? So how do we how do we do it? And I see you do it all the time. I want to hear your philosophy on it.
0: It's, it's in everything we do. I mean, honestly... I would say it probably started teenage years when my dad showed me what hard work is his his uh hard work was basically work he didn't know how to put that into everything else he did in life, but uh he definitely showed me and my brother what hard work is and how you show up every day for your family for your uh for your work and job in life from there, I would say uh an unc I had an uncle and a cousin we always wrenched on vehicles always wrenching 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 and I remember one time coming. He's like, hey, go get me this. I was finally a little older. They are getting me to help him out, go get a crescent wrench, whatever it was. I came back, and I said, hey, I don't know where it's at. I can't find it. He's like, let me teach you a lesson, kid. He's like, don't come back until you bring me the right tool. <laughs> no matter what, don't come back till you bring me the right tool. So just uh, going through, like, high school and stuff, I, I tried out for uh, some sports teams. Never really made it because – I, I was shy type at, in high school, elementary school, and I didn't make my, or my middle school team basketball, but then I went to high school, and I wanted my cousins to go with me, and nobody wanted to go try out with me, so my group of friends I had with me really weren't the group of friends who were involved in that stuff, mm. sports, I loved basketball, I loved football. I loved them both. Of course, like anybody else, I wanted to be an NBA or NFL player. <laughs> that didn't quite happen, so I got number two on the list, air, <laughs> air, air, uh, fighter pilot and then a firefighter. So, um, Going from there, basically, uh, high school year, uh, senior year, I was, I would say, a little bit overweight. I was 220, um, still trying to figure out what I want to do. I was thinking about becoming a mechanic at the time. I liked working on cars. I had rebuilt my uh, 79 Buick Regal three times from car accidents, which I learned pretty quickly. Be a little more safe on the road. Until I had the transmission drop on my chest three times. So I'm like, yeah, this is enough. Like, this is <laughs> not what I want to do for life. I will do it for fun, but not for life. Uh, we had a high school, uh, school to work program. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing this pamphlet, Phoenix Rider Park pamphlet. Where'd and, you go to high school? Uh, Barry Goldwater, okay. down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, graduated 99, Bulldogs. Um, so basically the biggest thing I I took from that was, we're talking about fitness, physical shape, fitness, you got to be ready for the CPAP basically at the time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I took it upon myself the day I graduated high school. So May 99, uh, six months from there, I stopped eating out fast food. I stopped drinking soda. I stopped the sugary stuff that we have six months. I ran every single day, every single day I, I dropped 50 pounds in that time frame. So then I started. Okay, all right. So now I'm, i I might be there. Uh, I looked into the college program, GCC, mm-hmm. fitness. First class I saw, I, I need to be in physical shape for this job. It was fitness and conditioning for firefighters. Um, at the time, it was a instructor Monty Eggerman.
1: Mm-hmm. Is so, he out? <clears throat> he works out in Bucket, any? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Assistant chief. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah.
0: So he was the real, first real introduction into the fire service and the physical. Stuff the firefighters do. Right. Because he was always about getting to turnouts, pulling hose, dragging dummies, flipping tires, sledgehammer, all that stuff. So I took his class two, two semesters in a row just to make sure that I was in the correct physical shape, mm. physical mind to do this job. So once I committed to doing that two semesters, he's like, hey, are you really interested in this? I'm like, I've never really done a ride along. I don't know. He's like, come right along, check it out, see what it's about. He's like, you got the work ethic. You're here all the time. You do everything I ask of you. You help out. So, of course, like a new guy, I listened to what he said. I went for a ride along. And, uh, of course, firefighters, they're like, hey, you know what? Come hang out. Eat the cookies. Sit in the (laughs) recliner. Hang out. Watch TV. I I had my EMT. I was in EMT class at the time, so I kind of started going through that. I was studying at least at the station. But they're like, you know, hang, it's, they're seeing how much I would do. Yeah. So. How old were you, you at the time? This was, uh, so it was 99. I had just turned 19.
1: Okay. So yeah. you're young and impressionable. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I was in the recliner hanging out, studying, but I was basically doing all stuff there, like messing around with me. So uh, I go to the fitness class the next Friday and uh, Chief's like, hey, what did you do over there? I'm like, just what they said, sir. I mean, i First time around, he's like, oh, God, no. Don't listen to those guys. Here's what you need to do. So he basically got me lined up and straightened me out real quick. And he's like, this is what I need you to do. I know you got it in. You just do these, and you'll be fine. So I went back, luckily, with the same crew. And, uh, you know, it worked out a lot better, obviously. yeah. I hung out around the new guy. I learned from the new guy, figuring out what the station life is like, what the department life is like, yeah, and uh, how to become a successful firefighter.
1: I got to tell you something real quick. We had a, you know, you're talking about riding along and understanding the culture. And it's really interesting to me because we had a cat come and ride one day. And I don't know, I don't know what happened if somebody chummed him in, the you know, chum the waters and, and, and he sat in a strato or if he just chose to sit in a strato. But he, he straddled out. We're all straddled out and he falls asleep and we got a call. So we all slowly, he didn't wake up. The tones didn't wake him up. So we all slowly get up walk out of the station, fire up the truck and go on a call. And uh it wasn't much of a call, but we yeah. we come back and uh at least that it wasn't significant enough that I remembered anyway. Yep. And we come back to the station and he was gone. Never ah, never to be heard from never. again. And you know what? And and rightly so because he obviously didn't understand oh, what yeah. was expected of him, right? Oh, yeah. Or maybe he understood once we left him behind and yeah. he didn't wake up but it's really interesting we you know we talked recently Daryl Weisman yep. about mentorship oh, yeah. right and i think that it's really important that when you get this young impressionable cat who rolls into the station and you're like okay you have expressed some interest in this job we have to do our do we have to give yes. them a real understanding of what's expected right we don't sure. we can't sink them by by teaching them bad
0: habits like yeah. that oh yeah
1: <laughs> so so you know so good on marty uh, for showing you the right way.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was it was a good um, – he allowed – he and he was ended up being the B.C. on that station department mm-hmm. too. But uh, mm-hmm. it was good because they basically allowed me, and I worked my work schedule around to become – I wanted this job. This mm-hmm. was my goal at the time. Yeah. So I was basically there as long as they allowed me every day. There was literally a year straight that I was riding along with this same engine company, ladder company, and the B.C., I was there for a year straight, figuring out the job, hanging out with the boot of the new guy, cleaning all the trucks. That was the first half because we had the three for it, four trucks, ladder, LT, engine, BC. But first half of the morning was cleaning all the trucks. We were out there, ladder truck, cleaning all that stuff, go through a station. But I'd hang out with him the whole shift every – basically 730 in the morning to 10 at night for this year-long period. They allowed me to ride along and do that and learn the job. And from there, uh, I became a, a redshirt with them, with Peoria for a little while. Where they mm. had basically just delivering mail supplies, little things here and yeah, there. Yeah, kind of runner. Yeah, a runner basically in 01. Um, I got to do that, but throughout this whole time, I was still going to Egerman's fitness class, um, doing that stuff, obviously working out with the guys on shift and, and become better at that. But I've always had a passion for basketball too. So uh, a group of guys invited me to start playing basketball before sh- their shift which was uh, C-Shift at Centennial High School. And that was, I mean, I always was good at getting up early. They played uh 5.30 to 7, 7.30, mm-hmm. right before shift. So I'd, I'd be there playing basketball with a bunch of those guys, and that was Peoria, uh, Glendale, and some Phoenix guys, too, were there. And I definitely enjoyed that. And up until recently, I've still been playing morning basketball yeah. around that time, either between that group there. We did a short little stint with uh, my Buckeye group when we had the right people, and most recently at LA Fitness, so just – Always doing something. Always gotta keep those wheels turning for sure.
1: So let me ask you this. I think for a lot of guys, you know, we we put in a tremendous amount of effort on the front end of the career, right? We we come in and we, we know we want this job, we know there's a requirement, you gotta pass a C pad or a physical abilities test of some sort, right? Which has evolved over time, but there's this, this element of fitness and I hear a lot of guys say like you will never be as fit on this job as you are the day you walk through the academy right so when you're in that academy that's the top that's that you should be at the top of your game right mm-hmm. but i've always felt like that's you know you do you learn some skills you you develop some proficiencies that allow you to be effective even when you get you know when you get a little bit older you slow down a little bit etc yeah. but there's a you know you talk about the the risk factors like cardiovascular risk the risk of cancer etc like this idea that just being a a physical beast is enough, but it's about wellness and health. Like there's much, much more to this. So okay. how have you maintained the right, how have you maintained that attitude of, of persistence throughout the course of your career? Cause it gets tiring. I mean, you got kids, you got a family, yeah. you got a side gig, <laughs> you know, how do you maintain that?
0: I would say w- one of the biggest drivers is, uh, it goes back to, to my parents. Like they had jobs and my mom went to school they made time for that, and occasionally they made time for me and my brother. Not that they didn't, but like we were like, "Hey, can we go here?" Like, "Oh, we're tired. Can we go there?" Ah, oh, we're tired. Maybe next week. So one of my things was always, I told myself that I was no matter what it was, that wasn't what I was gonna do with my children. Mm-hmm. So I got two daughters, uh, twelve and six, about to be sixteen. Uh, next week, we're taking to Hawaii. Nice. For her 16th birthday. Oh, wow. Awesome. But uh, my, my my drive was Come always. On. I got to go interrupt ahead. you real
1: quick. Go ahead. We took our kids to Hawaii a couple different times. Okay. And my daughter, we were walking across the campus of the university there, and she was like 12. And she's looking around, and she's like, hey, who gets to go to school here? And we're like, well, well any kid who gets good grades and, and works real hard and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, guess who's in college
0: in Hawaii right now? That's awesome. Yeah, I heard that. That's a, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's a so it's, go- that's a goal. It's yeah.
1: wonderful for her, and every everyone's like, "Oh, wow!" You know, she's like, "Oh, I think I might be a little bit homesick." And everyone's like, "Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. You're in Hawaii." Oh yeah,
0: that's <laughs> that vision. Being able to see that and thinking it's a possibility for you for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So hey, man, you're taking your kids to Hawaii. Be careful.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Hopefully, they want to move there uh, so you can go
1: visit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you go.
0: Exactly. Or retire in three and just move in with them. <laughs> yeah, there
1: you go. So home prices there are fairly expensive. So you might have to pool all your incomes. (laughs) Uh,
0: so yeah, that's, that's always just been something for me. I I was always saying that I'm going to have enough energy to outlast my kids. I'm going to put them to sleep every single time. I'm not going to be, I'm tired. I can't do this. I can't do that because it's a short stint that it's flown by, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. 12 and 16. 12 and 16. And the 12 year old acts like a 20 year old. (laughs) Yeah. So it, that's one of the biggest drivers to try to, to make sure that I maintain some kind of physical. Uh, to go along with that, it was the guys when I was tell, talking about being a red shirt and riding along, It was, I looked up to different people as coaches and mentors, basically. Oh, there, was, there was basically three different or two captains and an engineer that I looked up to. I talked to the most probably just that time. And, and every single one is like, okay, I want to take the best abilities, attributes of these three guys, and that's the person I'm going to be. Right. And that was me sending my vision at the time. You know, there was a, a Captain Bernard. This guy is a, a beast hockey player, and he was always out there, no matter what it was, with the red shirts, doing skills courses, crawling through the smallest holes, and he is a, not a small guy. Wasn't yeah. at the time. He's a little bit small now, but uh, he was not a small guy. And he was just crushing it. He's like, this is this is your physical. This is how, how you should be to become a firefighter. You should be in great physical shape. And, you know, don't breathe down a bottle, suck it down real quick. You need to be able to figure out how to work through it and become better at using these bottles. Um, There's another uh, engineer there with uh, education. He was just smart. It doesn't matter what he read, what class he took, even to this day, still uh, work with them. He's the chief, not our department, Chief Rand, but he uh, is so knowledgeable. It was just amazing that didn't matter what it was he would pick it up right now and hmm. he could spit it out left and right like that was another thing and then uh there's another captain which i looked up to and i just my my goal was to put all that stuff together all this good stuff that they had and i want that to be me so my goal was a captain trt paramedic i haven't got the paramedic yet but we'll see how that goes but uh yeah so i i attained those pretty good and uh pretty quickly and I would say, just like anything else, more like a roller coaster ride, physical fitness, it goes up and down, up and down. I've been a little heavier working out with, you know, uh, we call Mongo in our department, Marty Meese, just big, always been big, and he likes to lift heavy weights. Right. So he got me for a period there that I was up to 210, but just muscle, lifting heavy. And, I mean, I felt good holes pulling, doing the skills courses, felt good. My, my optimal range for basketball, though, is what I like to always stay in, is 190 to 200. So that was a little heavy for me. But just always trying to stay consistent on what you're doing, uh, getting out there with the crews, uh, always, obviously helps because if you have crews that like to get out there and do stuff, you're going to do more. Being involved with the the fire academy for 10 years. Uh, I was an instructor. I mean I went up from red shirt, baby blue, all that stuff, uh, gray shirt, mentor through GCC's program, but uh, that was another process of just staying in shape, and, and I always um, I enjoyed getting out there and doing the stuff with the red shirts. If it was a quick, mild jog we're doing, i like to be out there with them. If we're going up and down the stairs, whatever it was, i like to be out there doing the stuff with them. Because we're their leaders, we're their instructors, whatever, however they look at us. Mm-hmm. In that aspect, at that time, we need to make sure that they understand that we're out here doing the work with them. It's not just, hey, go do this. And me being in good physical shape to be able to show them, hey, I can do this and this is where I would like to see you in the future. I want you to be better than I am in everything you do. This is the bar. I'm trying to set the bar right here. I want you to be above me. And that's what I kind of think that those mentors and coaches, and how I look at it is it, when I'm looking up to them, they're coaches. But it, as I am working up to get to their level or above them, they become men, men, mentors or mentees to me. And, and I've always kept in good communication with all three of those guys from Peoria. Actually, four with Chief Egerman. But, uh, yeah, I just have just gotten better, better, better. And then uh, when times you're down and, and out, you got to figure out different systems or groups to get around sometimes. And that's just different groups that I've gotten more involved with the last year and a half. Uh, actually, one of our firefighters turned me on to podcasts. He's like, hey, you look like this guy. I'm like, who? He's like, David Goggins. I'm like, do you know who he is? I'm like, I have no clue or <laughs> you know, it's at all. Fun.
1: It's funny you say that because I've, I've had that thought as well. You, you yeah. do resemble him, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's And lately after I heard that and I listened to the uh, Joe Rogan podcast with him, Uh that was kind of where this latest uh, journey has been a year and a half now, this latest journey because I was probably at a low where I was comfortable, really comfortable. I mean, I was still working out on a regular basis, Uh but I was getting really comfortable. I didn't have much as far as goals or my vision, but I would say from that time frame when I listened to that podcast and I was on the hike trail, on the hike trail, getting it on, but uh. That's this latest uphill that I'm going on. It's been for a year and a half now of uh, just becoming the better me all around.
1: Yeah, so what was it about the, you know, so Goggins' philosophy is pretty hardcore. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, it's kind of a take no prisoners attitude. Yeah. And uh, what was it about his philosophy that spurred you?
0: I'm going to say it's more just the, the mindset, like understanding that we have more in us no matter what we're doing. Always. We, we think that we we get to a point where our body's done, our mind's done. It doesn't matter. We think we're done. We need to eat. We really don't. Just keep going. There's always another wall to get to. It doesn't matter what, what you're doing. It doesn't matter. So that's yeah. always been. He,
1: I think he said something along the lines as well of uh, is like if you think you're done, you, you know you're at the bottom of your physical capacity. You're yeah. you've only you're only you've got 40% forty percent more. You're at forty. You're at forty yeah, percent, right, that's Yeah,
0: forty percent wall. Yep. Yeah,
1: and I always think about that. You know, I've had uh, some experiences personally. You know, uh, back in the day, I used to run Ironman. My very first Ironman, I was at the very. Uh, long story short, I was cramping all over, head to toe. I had cramps in places I didn't know there was muscle fiber, and the muscle, and the, they were cramping up. And so I'm, I've got. Seven, eight miles left on this marathon to go, and I'm hobbled up, and I'm walking along, and my wife gets out of the car. Um, she's seven months pregnant with our first baby. I had just gotten news that I was going to be hired by the fire department, and here I am all hobbled up, and uh, I'm walking along, and she gets out, and she's walking with me, big old sun hat, and she waddles along, <laughs> and she's like, all right, hon, how are you doing? I go, I'm not so good. This is, I'm falling apart, blah, 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 and she's like, okay. Uh, pats me on the back and she's like, I'll see you at the finish line. And she gets in the car and she leaves.
0: No options. And I'm
1: like, uh, well, there goes my ride.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> and I remember, and I remember thinking to myself, Hey, man, you, you, you trained for a year specifically for this event. Oh, yeah. Now you're out here on the back half of this, this marathon and you're falling apart. The goals that you set early have fallen away. Not even a problem, not even realistic goal anymore. The secondary and tertiary goals that you set. Not going to make them. Yeah. But you can finish this. You just have to keep moving. It's just relentless forward progress. For sure. And that became my mantra um, throughout the next, you know, several hours. Yeah. <laughs> as I hobbled along, you know, willing myself to move forward. And I always f- look back to that and think to myself, man, it it is about mind over matter, right? If you don't mind... It don't matter. So suck it up yeah. and keep moving forward. Oh, yeah. I kind of feel like that's a, that's kind of a, that's similar to what Goggins is talking about. Oh, and, yeah. I, and so when I, you know, I think about that when, as a firefighter, man, when, when it is at the absolute worst, what are your options? Mm-hmm. You got to drive on. There's a mission that needs to be accomplished. So you have to understand that there's more available to you oh yeah so how do you like i I feel like me having that experience during that ironman helped me understand that implicitly like down to the very fiber of my body i know there's always more in the tank so i think that part of goggins philosophy or our philosophy i think it's now i think we would all say that we. sure the three of us would say we share it is uh is this idea that when shit comes to a head you got to drive on
0: yeah
1: how do you feel about that
0: honestly that's Yeah, I mean, this last year and a half, and even more so, more recently, I've been challenging myself more and more. I think this could be part of the reason that uh, we're here right now is because I have uh, committed to doing a marathon January 4th for Buckeye. I had initially committed, the commitment was to a fellow engineer who has been on a weight loss program. He said, hey, this is three of my goals are this, this, and this. I'm like, hey, if you sign up for the Buckeye marathon, he was doing the half. And I'm like, I will do it with you. I'm not ready for it. Honestly, I hate running more than three miles, but uh, I'm, I'm in. I'll do it with you, no matter what. So once we got the availability to sign up, I signed up for the half marathon, and that was three or four weeks ago through the de- department. And uh, I told myself that I'm going to start training for the full. I'm going to run the half, but I'm training for the full. And I've done three halves in my previous fire career. So this, I would say this last week, I told myself I'm like if I can do 12 miles actually I did 16 on hiking last week on uh, in Skyline Regional Park that took 5 hours going up to the four peaks and that was a challenge set by two other guys in our department uh it's pretty cool we have this group of guys who we text each other like work different workouts and stuff to just keep challenging ourselves all the time and these two guys worked on me for a little bit but they're like oh yeah so-and-so hiked these four peaks and took them this long. And then so-and-so caught me the next week. He's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to do it next week. I'm like, all right, well, I'll check it out with you, see how, what it's about. So we did those four peaks. That was 15 miles, just over 15 miles, five hours. The following week, which was uh, on shift three days ago, I ran 12 miles. And I said, if I can do 12 miles in two hours, I'm coming into the marathon. I, I will, I will get there. And then uh, another guy who was working with us that day, he's like, have you looked at the, the program and how they say to work out, I'm looking at it, <laughs> and in my mind, I was thinking that, that I was going back to the, the 99 when I lost all my weight. I'd run every single day, mm-hmm. and I would always go just a little bit more. So I was thinking I was going to be running every single day to get where I wanted to. I, I had certain miles. My goal was 100 miles in November and 150 in December that I was planning to run, jog, jog hike, run, uh, whatever it was, for the month. Is my initial goal. Uh, I'm I'm already at about 90 for November miles. Uh, But through that, those 12 miles. I mean, that's probably one of the second hardest things I've done this year is just jog out 12 miles. That was never a plan. Uh, I would say my my first hardest thing I did this year was the 9/11 Tower Challenge. That I was I committed. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do turnouts. I'm gonna breathe air. I went there, and there's a lot of us there. It was an awesome showing. That was an awesome event, and I plan to do it more often um, on a regular basis. But uh, Where was that held at? That was the um, hockey in Glendale. Oh, okay. The 9-11 Tower Challenge. Yeah. Held on by the uh,
1: – But it was in the Glendale
0: Arena. Yeah. We were going, and I didn't realize – I kind of heard, but I hadn't done it before, so it's do two loops through it. So I was going 30 minutes in. Um, I finally got off air. I kept my mask on for another two, three minutes till it fogged up like it does. <laughs> I took that off, and I'm going, and then I hear a bell ringing. But I didn't I didn't think about it because we started towards the back of the pack, me and two other buddies. Hmm. So we started towards the back of the pack, and the guys who were up front, the guys who were running it, already had done their second lap. So they were I, ringing the bell because they were done. So as I was on my last couple sets of stairs, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to jog They're it out close. a little bit. Yeah, I'm close. I'm right there. This is the finish line. Going, going, going. And there's a lady directing traffic. She's like, this is your first lap. Go again. I was like, I just turned white. I can just see myself. I turned white. I was like, oh, shoot. I I thought this was it. And that's where I had to tap into that right there because I was like, I was pretty beat up. I'm like, okay, I have to change my mindset. Now I have one more lap of this. And this was tough already. But now I have to go one more lap. And I'm going to have to slow it down a little bit. But I'm going to get this done no matter what with all my stuff on. I'm not taking off my pack i'm not I'm leaving everything on I'm gonna get this done and that's where I had to click into that higher mindset basically to get that last lap done and that really <clears throat> took a lot out of me. That took two hours there alone for the 110 stairs four so I would say that second round took me about an hour and fifteen to finish so forty five minutes for the first lap around an hour and fifteen, but I still got it done, no matter what I was still there, ring the bell. And uh, I was feeling good after that because that's just another opportunity that we get to tap into that, you know, the other 60% that we have left in us. That we really never get there because we quit too too early too often. Like, oh, we ain't got nothing left. No, let's, we got a lot more left.
1: Yeah. So I think it's, it's important to um, – that's what I love about – so personally, I do a lot of endurance events. And I think about the – the intestinal fortitude it takes to continue to drive forward when you're uncomfortable and i think that's the thing about the thing about endurance events that's really uh, interesting is that you have to feel good about being uncomfortable right yeah. expect it look for it and then when it gets there you go okay i know that this will pass with time you know whatever uncomfortable thing i'm experiencing now um it'll it it'll pass and i got to work through it And, you know, which is kind of what you experienced. You kind of had that moment of like emotional depression. (laughs) And you're like, oh, dude, I I misunderstood. It's like the false summit, you know? I thought I was at the top and I'm not. So now what? Well, now you got to push through that, continue to move on. And so I think about like in terms of firefighting, when, you know, the the hardest, I had an old, old firefighter tell me this back in the day. He said, hey, man, this job is the easiest, best job you've ever done on one hand. And then the very next moment, can be the hardest, most demanding, emotionally, physically demanding job you've ever done. You know, so it's it's two sides of the same coin and it can happen in a heartbeat. And so I think doing things like the Tower Challenge and, and, and running a marathon or a half marathon or whatever, pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and into that deep, dark space where it's hard and you have to will yourself forward is important to experience because when you're at the end of your capacity, that's when a mayday is going to happen. Oh, yeah. And that's when For your sure. brother's going to go down and you are going to have to do everything in your power to help get that guy or gal out of a structure
0: yeah.
1: and into safety if possible. And, uh, you don't want to be at that place and then not have uh, a depth of capacity. And man, if you're, you certainly don't want to quit yeah, because it's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's something that, uh, has been preached to me early on, uh, firefighting even even doing skill scores doesn't matter i had a a good captain at the time he was like hey uh once we are go interior do the job we're in there to do and then we're coming out don't step outside or start stripping down everything like it was too hot or you can't keep your stuff on or you can't you need air you can't breathe take your time relax go to rehab let's get Ready to go again and let's go back in. Don't come out because what's going to happen if I step outside and I'm immediately ripping off my stuff and I'm acting like I'm dehydrated or I'm tired or I'm not ready to go again. I'm a firefighter. I want to go back in there and basically what we call is play, but, you know, attack the fire, put it out, look for victims, anything else, um, and get the job done. So I want to go, go to rehab and be ready to go. And I and I, and his thing was just look prepared and always be prepared. Don't just come out freaking out, you know, getting getting on one, two knees and acting like you're tired and you're done for the day. Right. This is this is just bottle one. Let's reengage. Let's get back in there and go again.
1: Right. So it takes, and that's a great philosophy, but if you're not preparing yourself for that, you can't do it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And there's, yeah, I mean, you'll get out there and you'll, I mean, we see it taking off their stuff and they're done. Right. You need to figure out how, how to get to that next level no matter what yeah no absolutely
1: so what's uh what's next for you
0: i would say the next thing on is that uh january 4th is that marathon that 26.2 marathon coming up Going pretty for, quick
1: yeah. what's that called the uh it's, a, it's not the is it that it's not ims is it it's
0: a buckeye marathon it's in buckeye that's held out there
1: yeah Isn't that one run around a bunch of farm fields
0: uh pretty much yeah <laughs> it's buckeye yeah yeah
1: <laughs> right on that's cool man well uh we'll have to have a conversation about how that uh how that goes for you yeah for sure i'd love to hear about it'll
0: it it'll be it'll be interesting right i'm going to keep keep going i mean it ain't stopping there so right and on. then uh, i'm looking to sign up for uh the trifecta spartan race next mm. year those but. are fun man a good buddy, my brother-in-law, and then a, a really good friend of ours—they both ran them, and they've invited me here. Or there, mm-hmm. once again, I went to that. I don't run more than three miles. That's just not me. <laughs> I've always yeah, but been if you there. break
1: it up with a bunch of obstacles, yeah. it's a different sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're running from obstacle to obstacle, so now it's it's more fun. It's not about the running; it's about the obstacle. Yeah, I've only done I did I've done one of those that was uh, a fairly short one, and really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a blast
0: yeah so I guess the trifecta is just a blend of a short one, a long one, and then another one in between there, and you get this medallion three pieces basically, and you no, get to put it together fancy. so I guess that's more of the tribe, but just to challenge myself, I just want to keep challenging myself yeah, a lot more
1: so the uh there's a a good buddy of mine who works he owns a gym called Body tribe, and the the things that they talk about are really just about movement mm-hmm. right being able to move your body through different planes of movement and and um so i think about obstacle courses like it's running is very very linear yeah. and it's just one direction and you know but being able to scramble over obstacles and, oh, yeah. and move you know you think about functionality and your ability to do do complex coordinated multi multi joint movements it, that really comes into play there like that's the expression of your ability to do that stuff yeah for sure the reason i brought up body tribe is you know, the stuff he does in his gym's like he'll, he'll set up a bunch of obstacles and they'll play like uh, hot lava, like a bunch of kids. Okay. And they'll set up, you know, like uh, 45-pound plates and like you have to hop from plate to plate and they'll play tag. Okay. And they got monkey bars and all this other stuff and they're running around try chasing each other around. And I'm thinking, we make, taking this idea of exercise and making it enjoyable, yeah. right? People are like, oh, running is just pure torture. Well, fine. There's a different way to do metabolic conditioning. Yeah, right? Sure. So like uh, – you know, like you don't just have to run. You can get one of, well, I'll just say this one of my, uh, one of my fastest ultra marathons was when I was lifting, I was deadlifting my heaviest and squatting my heaviest. Um, and my runs were actually shorter. They, you know, after years of endurance training, I was like cutting my runs down really short. And my longest run was like 11 miles leading up to this big, huge ultra marathon. And it was my fastest ever. Why? Well, because I wasn't burned out on running and, mm-hmm. and I was actually diversifying my training and training across different modalities, squatting, pressing, cleaning and jerking and developing sturdy legs and, and a good foundation, strong core, et cetera. So yeah. then when I did go to run and run straight out for a bunch of hours, I was able to go faster. Yeah. It's really an interesting, um, mechanism for training. So when I see you doing box jumps and burpees or or you know different things like that, I'm like, "Oh, that will help your marathon."
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: That'll you know, that'll give you more you'll go into your marathon healthier and more robust and more well-rounded as an athlete. And then when the really fast guys blow by you, you can be like, "Yeah, man, but I could deadlift you. Oh, and yeah. pr- I could press you over my head and throw you off this off this trail."
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And that's I mean, I'm just going to go slow and steady. I'm going to get to the back of the the pack and then just slowly, take one down at a time. That's that's always been my big thing is being the underdog. Yeah. So I'm just sitting back and just slowly just try to beat one person at a time. The ultimate goal is, uh, for myself is just to get done. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I can always think that I always do is do a little bit better when there's someone, something that I'm chasing, that carrot that I'm chasing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to. Well, when
1: you're doing your first marathon, there's going to be lots of people who are ahead of you. Oh and that's God, totally sure. fine, right? There's Well, the thing about marathons that really amazes me is the wide variety of people that show up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And man, you'll see some really interesting people who are very fast, surprisingly so. Yeah. You're like, how is that person so far ahead of me? But that's just, you know, everyone brings different skill sets, physiological talents to the game. Right. Our object is just to be the best individual athlete that we can be. Yeah. You know, the most well-rounded, the most disciplined, the most functional that we can be.
0: And that that probably comes back to uh same thing as firefighting I mean the first first time we fought a fire, we were that candle moth, we were all focused on the fire, mm-hmm. so right now it's gonna be my first you know anything over twelve mile jog that I've done recently is gonna be that, so we're just focused on you know this one thing, but they have incorporated everything else they're they're mentally ready for this, they're physically ready for this, they've probably got some coaching that you know or they've done running or job, whatever it is, they've done things to prepare them a lot better. Mm-hmm. So that way, even doesn't matter what they necessarily look like, but they have done that. Same thing in the fire services. I might not be the young, youngest guy no more, but I can still outlast a lot of people because I've been there. I've done that. I've, you know, worked through three three bottles in the fire. I've done it in training. I've done those things. So that's going to make me a lot better when it comes to the game day.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting you say that because it goes back to that Experience being uncomfortable and knowing what that's like, right? And I think about like think about those marathoners who are, you know, clipping off four and a half minute miles, right? Yeah. The Kenyans who are running off the front, super fast, and um, you know, they are suffering at a different speed. Oh yeah. But the but they're still suffering, right? They're pushing themselves hard, and whether you're at the back of the pack and you're going to your that the pace that you can sustain yep. if they're going at the pace that they can say sustain the the only difference between the two is that they're going to be done quicker yeah. right they're suffering faster oh yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> but at the end of the day everybody is pushing or should be pushing their own limit their own physical capacity yeah. right within their their envelope of training and their envelope of of tolerance right but that's that only comes with training and putting in the time just yeah. building that capacity for sure right on man if people want to uh, follow you on Instagram and check out your journey, what's your uh, what's yeah. your Instagram handle?
0: That is uh, PR Puerto Rican and then Fuego, F U E G O, three five nine.
1: Right on. Yep, yep. PR Fuego. Three five nine. Three five nine. <clears throat> right on, man. Well, hey, I wish you the best of luck in that. And, Thank you um, very much. And uh, I would say I'd love to join you for a run, but uh, I'm still recovering <laughs> from uh, my. Stupid spine surgery, so I'm not going to be running for uh, running for a little bit. Yeah. But when I get my wheels back, I'll uh, I'll take you out for a run.
0: Sounds good. Right Teach on, my too. Yeah.
1: Thanks for sitting down with me, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Right on.
1: Hey, brothers and sisters, thanks for tuning in to the Fireground Fitness Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with my boy Eli. Inspired to go out and get after it is uh, an understatement. He is constantly reshaping his thoughts and ideas about what is good fitness and what that looks like on the fire ground and I think that that 's an important thing for us all to do is consistently reevaluate what we 're doing and how we 're doing it and setting goals for ourselves and objectives. If you want to follow his journey and check out some of the stuff he's doing, you can find him on Instagram at PR Fuego, P-R-F-U-E-G-O-359, PR Fuego 359. And if you like this episode or if you like this Fireground Fitness podcast, get on Apple Podcast, subscribe, leave a comment a rating, what have you. Uh, When you do that, I see all that stuff. Uh, Feel free to email me, reach out, whatever, with your commentary. It uh, inspires me and it helps me find ways to make this podcast better. So feel free to reach out, shoot me some feedback. Uh, It's much appreciated. In the meantime, the holidays are coming upon us. Be good to your family. Be good to your friends. Celebrate each other. Celebrate life and celebrate the love that we share for one another now. Go on out there and get some.